trouble and only you could know the pain you weren't afraid to face the devil you were no stranger to the rain so go rest high on that mountain sun your song, isn't it? 
going to just going to grab pieces out of the scripture, uh, minor prophets, major prophets, Pentateuch, all those things. We're going to do that. Uh, but before we go too much further, we need to do our memory verse. Sam, I'm sorry. Let me go back to that one. And uh, let's stand in honor of the Word of God and share this together. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 6. Ready? These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Amen and amen. You may be seated. A man once asked some of his friends, what are the three most important words in the English language? One unmarried young man said, to me the most wonderful words in English language are, I love you. A married man said, the three most wonderful words are home, sweet home. Third man said, to me the three most wonderful words are enclosed, find, check. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, but uh, things have changed over the years, haven't they? Home sweet home used to be really uh, a great thing. The words I love you used to really be great things. Um, Even enclosed a fine check (laughs) can be a great thing. But uh, I think you would agree with me that the devil is uh, attacking the family today. There's no greater institution that's trying to be undermined than the family. And so... Today's message in Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you have those Bibles, go back there to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Help us to understand the importance of home, the importance of family, and the importance of parents with children and or grandparents with children. Uh, I find myself... uh, Enjoying our grandkids that are, are staying with us temporarily. And uh, uh, as loud as they are, uh, little Timothy's got such an infectious laugh. Uh, he, it's a belly laugh. And uh, his big brother can get him to laugh. Still can. One of those memory things popped up on my Facebook feed the week or so ago. And it was, uh, Timothy was just a little baby and... Uh, Brian's getting him to laugh, and uh, boy, and he's one of those kids that really gets his whole body gets into laughing. Uh, and I, I, I just love the way that uh, Mark and Amy uh, are raising them and uh, encouraging them. Uh, it's it's they they get upset at each other and they get uh, yelling at each other, and Mark will put him pull them aside and. Amy will pull them aside, and they'll just say, now take a deep breath. And I find myself breathing deep when I, when I hear them say it. Take a deep breath. Okay, I will. <sighs> and it does calm you. There is something about that. But there's something special about family and about parents and about children and about the Word of God and learning the Word of God. And Satan has laid a strategy out to defeat us. That's what he wants. He wants the families divided. He wants uh, homes to be unhappy. He wants to destroy anything that looks moral or 
have, has faith attached to it. He's trying to, to get rid of it. In fact, we're taught in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 uh, a way that we can counterattack uh, Satan's attacks. It starts out by saying, For the weapons of our warfare are not um, carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Uh, that's, that's ours. We have that. That is, that is our offensive weapon that we can use, is that we are in the hands of God. We need to keep everything in God's hand, and we've got to know His Word. We have got to begin, um, if we haven't already, deepened our walk with God, our study, our understanding of the Word of God. We must get there. Because that's all that we have to to uh, operate with. Then let's keep going. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now just stop and think about that for a minute. Every thought you need to bring captive for Christ. Now, every thought. Yep, every thought. If we could capture every thought, how blessed our life would be. But if you're like me, I don't catch as many. (laughs) They'll come right on out, or they'll filter through, and I won't catch them, and off off it comes right off of my tongue. Anybody struggle with that one? Boy, wish in the world I could capture it. Seize it, filter it, before it ever comes out. But too often it's... <laughs> it's already out. And damage is done. Amen? Damage is done. So, let's work at that. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We win in a different way. We win not using the world's uh, methods. Uh, psychiatric counseling, police intervention, new legislation. You can't legislate what God can do and what God's Word can do. So we fight that type of battle and the weapons that God has given us. Uh, we need to return to the wisdom of God. We need to get back into His Word and make sure that we're studying and preparing and keeping it as a, a forefront of our life every day. As we take captive those thoughts, we're also then uh, paralleling and, and merging that with the Word of God in our life. Okay? Um, parents especially, this message is for you today. Because I want you to be encouraged from His Word about your role and how you fit into God's plan. Even as a grandparent, one of the greatest joys of life is to be a grandparent. How many of you are grandparents? All right. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Not only is there joy, but there's also heartache. Because you see kids making bad decisions. Uh, When I was raised, when Cindy and I were raising our kids, it's different than watching them be parents to kids. And it's, it's really an amazing thing just to, to be a part of. 
and you realize, man, I wish I hadn't done it that way or I should have done it a little differently, maybe. And those of you that don't have grandkids, I'm praying that one day you do. And if you have them, man, you'll enjoy them. Because you can spoil them up, you can sugar them up and send them home. It's awesome. <laughs> unless, unless they come uh, and live with you, or you live with them, that's right. Yeah, but uh, praise the Lord, there'll be a door. You can shut the door, right? Stay out of the door. Well, one of our grand uh, grandsons, he comes in every morning because Gigi will let him watch uh, cartoons on her TV uh, and when, her mother, when his mother won't. So, okay. <laughs> All right, so let's turn to uh, Deuteronomy 6, and uh, let's pick it up at verse 4. And we're going to learn some key steps here on how, uh, as parents, we're to carry on uh, and do the work of God. It starts out in verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I command you this day, shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets upon your uh, between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, these passages give us... Two divisions. One is the the statement, which is the greatest truth that man can ever discover in life, is the centrality of God. And that statement of of uh, and, and then there's that statement of our relationship to God. Okay, Uh, the first statement or the first uh, division there is um, here, O Israel. And underline or highlight in your in your Bible there, the Lord our God is one Lord. And then there's that necessary relationship to Him in which we take action. Where He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. You see, not only is it important to put God in the place that He deserves to be and should be, but we've got to actively do that. It doesn't just happen. We've got to actively do it. And I discovered um, later in life than I should have, I wish I'd have learned it earlier in life, is, is putting God upon the throne, putting God upon the central part of everything I'm about. The sooner you learn that, the better your life will flow. But why is it that we rebel against that? Why is it that we're resistant to that? It's because most of us don't understand submission. Right? We don't get it. We don't get it. My buddy Russell Koretz out in Seattle uh, did a, a, gave a great definition of submission. He said it's the same word as yield. And it's true. Submission and yielding go hand in hand. And how do I know that we understand yielding? We understand it. If you drive a car, you understand yielding. Because there's times when you're coming to a, a crossroad and there's a stop sign or a stoplight there. And if you decide that you're not going to yield to that, you got a problem. 
you see. But it's pretty universal. Come up to a stop sign, you come up to a stoplight, you'll stop. You'll yield. You'll at least hold back a little bit. Let somebody else go. I'm finding out that that's even more fun. It's just wave them on through. But with the dark tinted windows, you can't always see them waving. You can't. <laughs> but we've got to learn to yield. And then we've got to put into action what it is that God is calling us to do. And the confirmation of that, the confirmation of that is that Jesus quotes this same passage of Scripture in Matthew 22 when he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. It's the first and the great commandment. And the second is very much like it. It grows out of it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the Ten Commandments that we have are summed up in that those two verses right there in Matthew 22. Verse 5, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. The second five of the, of the Ten Commandments is to love your neighbors yourself. If we would just live this way, the, Old Testament still, the principles of the Old Testament are still there. And they're still valid today. Okay? It's, it's really important that we understand that. And there's a, there's a great secret. And the great secret behind all of this is as we explore life itself, we come to one ultimate reality, and that is that there is one true God. And the sooner you get there, the better it is. The better it is. Okay? And uh, in Psalm 111, verse 10, Proverbs 9, 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you want to learn, if you want to know Begin by fearing the Lord. And unless you start there, your life is just like an endless circle. Just keeps on going, keeps on going, until you put God in the center of your life. Put Him there. Put Him on the throne of your life. Okay? Um, And we love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our spirit. Uh, Jesus said also in Matthew 6.33 is that we should seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all things will be added unto us. So what is the key to life? It's to love God. To love God is the key to life. The sooner you get there, the better your life will flow. And that's the whole story of Christianity. The whole story of God's redemptive, redemptive love is found at the cross. And when you learn to surrender and when you learn to yield there, your life seems to, to fit better. Everything seems to go better. Man is by nature made to love. We don't come out of, uh, of a mother's womb and not understand what love is. As soon as the, as, as soon as you're born, as soon as you've got breath coming into your lungs, you cry out, and they, isn't it interesting that they place you in your mother's arms? As soon as you're born, you go right to your mom's arms. This is the woman that just labored a long time to get you here, 
nine months of development, and boom. As soon as you're born, boom, right to your mom's arms. Not dad. Dads get bypassed. Years ago, when I was born, dads didn't come back in the room. Dad stayed out in the waiting room. Remember those days? Well, now it's it's husband, your dog catcher, anybody else who wants to go in there, they come in there. It's, a, it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's a party atmosphere, but it's, it's kind of strange how all that works. Uh, but I was grateful for the change in that process, and I could be uh, with Cindy through each of those uh, births of our, our boys. And uh, when Mark was born and the doctor said, well, it's another boy, she just went, ugh. She just, she was wanting a girl so bad. Um, she made me sleep under, a, I had a pink bow under my pillow um, at night. I don't know why, but anyway, three boys. Love them, and, but we love our daughter and daughter-in-laws uh, especially. And the kids that they've given us, grandkids. But there's never a man-made who uh, does not love something. Uh, you can have, be a prisoner in a cell in solitary confinement, and you'll find a crack in the in the mortar and a piece of grass or something growing, in, and you'll you'll that prisoner will just fall in love with that piece of grass. Something you'll find a way to love. Um, as hardened as you can be. You ever seen the roughest looking guy and a, and a child will hand them a fake telephone and they'll sit there and talk to that telephone to talk to somebody? You ever seen that? Uh, my grandkids will say, Grandpa, I'm calling you. So they'll call me from across the living room. And uh, I'll grab whatever it is they want me to grab and I'll act like we're talking on the phone because that's important. To them at that at that moment, so we learn to love people. And the tragedy of humanity is that without Christ, uh, we we don't learn what love really really is. And love is giving of yourself so that somebody can be better. And Jesus gave of Himself so that we could have life and have it abundantly and have it eternally. Okay. Um, The greatest thing that we can ever do in our life is to love God and be accountable to God. Accountability is really important, isn't it? It's very important. And the Word of God, as we, as we open the Word, as we read the Word, as we uh, are exposed to the Word, that accountability becomes even more so. Because we realize how far we've yet to come. And uh, perhaps how far we've fallen. But we've got to allow God to have preeminence in our life. So that we uh, then can turn and love others the way we should. Okay? So, uh, if it's true that we need to learn to love God. If it's true that we uh, find that greatest love expressed through the cross, then we've got to then challenge our young people, our children, in the Word of God. Uh, hopefully in your home, you have some type of devotional uh, time with your children. Uh, if you don't, you should have. Do they see you reading the Word of God? Do they see the Word of God 
uh, being opened? Uh, is it by your favorite chair? Is it something that they witness you doing? If not, they should be. Because your example, parents, grandparents, will make a difference in the life of your children or grandchildren. Okay? Um, in verse 6 is uh, our first step. And I want, I want to give you three or four steps now to follow uh, as parents to, uh, from our text here to make sure that your kids or grandkids are getting exposed to the Word of God. Look at verse 6. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart. Your heart. Parents, it has to be on your heart first. So, it begins with you. Kids are not just going to grab the Word of God just to grab it. They've got to see you grabbing it. Is church attendance important? Absolutely. Kids aren't given an option to go to school. You, you make them get up and go to school. Don't, don't get up on Sunday and go, well, if you want to go to church, it's okay. Tell them they need to go. Uh, John Hagee used to, used to uh, say, uh, I've heard him say before, um, that he grew up with a drug problem. And uh, well, that got everybody's attention when he said that. He said, I was drugged to Sunday school, drugged to church, drugged to Sunday night, drugged to Wednesday night. Yeah, that's right. Drag them. Get them exposed to the Word of God. Because that's what's important. I appreciate about our children's ministry here at the church is that we're exposing these kids to the Word of God, doing it in some creative ways through video teaching and video learning, uh, through the Bible Bowl program. We're doing some some good things, and uh, these kids are growing in their knowledge of the Word of God, and that's very, very important. Okay? And it should become a parental priority, getting the kids into the Word, let them see you in the Word, because it starts with you. Okay? He must be all important to you. God must be all important to you. And uh, realize that if you're a failure in life, it's usually because you're not connected to God's Word and not connected to God in the way that you should be. You want to love God, and you want your kids to love God, then you must be the pace-setter. You must set it up so that they see it within your life and see it being practiced in your life. Okay? Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 18, It would be better for you that a millstone be hung around your neck, you be cast into the depths of sea, than than for you to offend one of these little ones that believe in me. So, if if you curse God and you expect the kids not to, they're going to do exactly what you do. They follow the example. If you don't think church is important, they're not going to think it's important. If you don't think the Word of God is important, they're not going to think it's important. So the more you're in to the Word, the better it is. Which takes us to the second step for parents to follow is in verse 7. In our text, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. So there's the instruction. Impart information about God to your kids. I used to, uh, was privileged to take the kids to school and to pick them up. 
with my schedule the way it, it's flexible. And I'd always ask them, did you make a new friend today? And they would always say, very rarely did I ever hear them say, boy, I sure did, Dad. I always got, no, I didn't make a new friend today, Dad. They got tired of hearing it. But you know what? I didn't care. I just kept asking them. Because I wanted them to see that being a friend is just as important as uh, having a friend. But being a friend. And then I would always tie it in with the Word of God. I said, who's your best friend? Jesus is my best friend. That's right. I want you to understand that Jesus is your best friend. And because of that, you should then want to have friends and be a good friend. And Scripture helps us understand that. And we should be teaching and informing our kids about God. Uh, it's, it's one of those parent responsibilities that we need to take seriously. But I want you to notice the pronoun that's used. You shall teach these, dil- uh, these diligently to your children. Not they, not the Sunday school teachers, not the youth ministers. You, parents, grandparents, you should be teaching them the Word of God. When they have a question, you should be able to answer it. You should be able to open the book and give it to them. Don't, don't just rush to the phone and call the preacher or call one of the elders. You, learn the Word of God so that you can impart it to them. Amen? All right. That's the truth. Okay. Socrates, 2,300 years ago, uh, said to the uh, people of Athens, Could I climb the highest place in Athens? Um, I would lift my voice and proclaim, Fellow citizens, why do you turn and uh, scrape uh, every stone to gather wealth and take so little care of your children to whom one day you must relinquish it all? One day you're going to give everything that you have to your kids because you're not taking it with you. That's your bills and your debts and (laughs) no... It's all that accumulation of wealth that you have and that you've, you've gained. But one of the greatest uh, uh, amounts of, of wealth that we have is the knowledge. Every older person who passes away and dies, we've lost his, some history. Uh, I read an article this week about um, the uh, uh, World War II she was 102 years old, a lady who fought in World War II. And it was a black lady, and there was a group of black female um, soldiers who fought in World War II. And uh, she was, I think, one of the last uh, of that group that was still living, but just passed away at 102 years old. Can you imagine the history that she had? Can you imagine the stories that you could gain uh, from that, okay. Uh, most of us parents have uh, gotten those first two steps down pretty good. We want God. We've recognized, at least to some degree, our responsibility to share it, which takes us uh, to step number three uh, in the latter part of verse seven, and it says, "And you shall talk." Of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Uh, 
there's no question what should be happening here. You should have them in the Word of God as soon as you sit down at the breakfast table. You should have them in the Word of God uh, after school is out and when you're sitting around the dinner table. You should have the Word of God being poured into their heart when they're going to sleep. Because if they're arising, if they're sleep, if they're working through the day, and if they're then going to sleep with the Word of God being poured into their heart and into their minds, into their life, what a difference it can make. It'll make. It'll make a big difference in them. Okay? All right. Talk about them when you sit down, when you lie down, when you rise up. You know, I'm not saying preach at them. I'm just simply saying expose them to the Word of God. And... If you have real young children or grandchildren, you know, there's, there's, uh, the Bible for kids is out there. In fact, the Bible app that I encourage you to use on your phone, they have a version for the kids as well. So you can expose them to the Word of God on a regular basis. Okay? And, uh, uh, let, let that scripture, uh, as, as, Moses writes in Deuteronomy, talk about these things when you stand up, when you sit down, when you walk by the way, and all through the day. doesn't mean to grab it and preach at them. It just simply means expose them to it. And uh, I would encourage you to do that. And one of the best ways you can do it is to help them develop a devotional time. And when they, in that devotional time, you also look at that same scripture and then ask questions related to what they learn or make sure they're giving you information of what they're learning and how that's impacting them. Okay? So, uh, let the, let the message of the Word of God, uh, impact you to the point where you can share, uh, illustrations for life around those, um, words that that you're encountering uh with the with your kids and grandkids okay um and we need to let life be humorous it isn't always serious there's times when you're reading the word of god that's going to impact your life and maybe you've got a <laughs> you've you've set a bad example in something maybe uh Maybe that particular uh, devotion that day is about gossip or speaking out of turn or whatever. You know, sometimes your kids are going to know that you're the, you stub your toe and you make a mistake. It's okay to let them see that. It really is. They need to understand that you're not uh, uh, invincible. Uh, I think God has a great sense of humor. Uh, one of the greatest sense of humor that are creations that he made that ha- that helps me understand his sense of humor is the camel. Think about a camel. Is it a one hump or a two hump? And why do they have humps? Is that full of water? Somebody told me, said, well, that's what the humps are. They're full of water, and when they when they run dry, the humps go away. Really? I don't think so. I don't think so. The other, the other reason I know that God has a great sense of humor is that I look at Him in the mirror every day. Uh, we need to learn to laugh at ourselves. Because we make really goofy, goofy mistakes, don't we? On a regular basis. And our kids need to see that. And they need to learn to laugh with us. And, uh, <laughs> 
when when God used the uh, uh, statement of it's easier for a rich man to get to heaven than for a, um, a, a camel to get through the eye of a needle. I used to think a needle, my goodness, that's a little bit. But it's talking about the doorway at the, in the in the nighttime uh, in Israel, they closed the doors to the gates, the gate doors uh, to different parts of the city. All right. But God has a great sense of humor. And uh, just look around you. You can see it all the time. Uh, one, uh, another, another one that I've always thought was interesting statement is when Jesus said, before you judge uh, another person about the splinter in their eye, look for the beam in your own eye. You know, we're not imperfect. We make mistakes. And it's important to understand that when you make a mistake, God can, through His Word, as you teach His Word to your kids, uh, can, can help you bring about the forgiveness that you need. Okay? All right. And one of the main failures in Christian uh, homes is that uh, though we intend the best, we don't always produce the best. But we will, if we're in the Word of God, on a regular uh, basis, uh, leading our kids and, and, and leading our own life. Okay? Then he goes on in verses 8 and 9 to tell us, And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand. They shall be frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So that when... Kids rise when they leave, when they come home, they're always there. One of the things that we've lost out on so much uh, in school is when we've taken away the references to God. Used to, you could have the Ten Commandments hanging on the wall in the, in the classroom. Uh, it was mandatory. You stood and said the Pledge of Allegiance. And it was those things. Uh, you, you could even have a daily prayer uh, back in the day, going to school. Nowadays, it's hands off of all that. And, but once you take God's influence out of things, it's not going to work well. It's not going to work well. And uh, as Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? <laughs> well, not very well. And we can see it in our culture. We can see it in our, in our country. Uh, more and more and more as we take God out, Evil takes its place. Something will come in there and fill that gap if you take God out of it. And so we've got to always keep in front of our kids and our grandkids the uh, influence of the Word of God. Uh, through, uh, I love these uh, banners that uh, someone has donated and hung here in the church. Uh, these, these are all powerful banners, aren't they? I love that John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. He is risen indeed. Luke twenty four thirty four. You know, very important that we let the word of God impact us. Even in the church house, it needs to happen in our own personal homes. Uh, in Second Corinthians three, uh, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And the word of God is full of the spirit of God. It is God's spirit. Leading, teaching the apostles and those that wrote the books of the Bible 
what to write, what to say, and let that impact us because it's very much, um, has, has very much the ability to do that. Okay? Uh, a sign is something visible which compels belief. Um, when Jesus performed signs, he did so to compel belief in him as the Messiah. It also establishes authority. Uh, are you one of the those types of parents or grandparents that says, My words seem to fall on deaf ears with my children. Uh, we can say it, preach it, and they just it acts like they don't ever get through. They're not they're not hearing it at all. But when they begin to see us living it and practicing it, especially in the home, it'll make a big difference in their life. Okay? Because um, kids are watching us. They're watching how we love. They're watching how we respond. They're watching how we handle ourselves and how we carry ourselves. In John 10 and verse 37, uh, Jesus uh, says to the Jews who were questioning his authority, If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. Don't believe me if I'm not doing what God's called me to do. And so you as a parent have got to do it as well. Um, Jesus went on to say, You have been listening to my words, and if what I am doing does not agree with what I am saying, then don't believe me. Get away from that phrase, do as I say do, don't do as I do. It's hard to tell a kid to not smoke uh, cigarettes if you're sitting there puffing away. It's hard for you to tell your kids, don't drink liquor if you're sitting there drinking liquor. So, practice what you preach, so to speak. Amen? All right. Um Hopefully these three or four principles will help you uh, in your raising your kids in your home, in your house. And uh, today I want you to be challenged. If you need to step up to the plate and become a better parent, a better grandparent at home, based on the Word of God, based on your example, based on uh, what you teach through your life, Today would be a great day to do that. So we're going to sing an invitation song. And uh, we always do that every week. And we want to give you an opportunity to respond. Because uh, you can come forward and respond, or you can just do it right there where you are. And that's for most of you. I'm preaching to the choir today. And so most of you uh, will be able to do that right where you're sitting. But I want to challenge you to think about that. Could I do more? Am I doing enough? And if not, why not? Because that's what's important. So pray with me and then we'll have our song of invitation and uh, we'll share that together. But let's pray together real fast. Father, surely there's not a heart among us that does not echo the prayer and the words from Deuteronomy 6. That we as parents, as grandparents, should be leading by example. That, Father, what we teach and preach should be consistent with what your word teaches and preaches. Father, our kids, our grandkids should be able to see in us a walk of faith. 
They should be able to see in us and hear from us things from your word, not our opinions, not our traditions, but from your word. And so, Father, I'm praying today that you will uh, be with each heart and be, be with each parent and grandparent that's here today and that they would take responsibility for uh, imparting your word into the hearts and lives of your children and our children and our grandchildren. Teach us to begin where you began, Lord. And that is in surrender and yielding of our spirits to you. Help us to see that as parents, as grandparents, we set the tone in our home. And Father, without even realizing it, Help us to uh, be what you've called us to be. And Father, when our children and grandchildren see us performing and practicing what we read from uh, from your word on a daily basis, it will impact, it will influence our kids to be the type of uh, kids that they should be. And, Father, they will grow in their obedience and they'll grow in their love and respect for you because they see it in us. And so, Father, if there's someone here today, just one, who would say, you know, God, I need to, I need to step up to the plate and I need to do a better job at what I've been doing. And I need to be a better influence than I have been. God, would you just give them that opportunity and would you grant to them the courage to take that step? We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our song of invitation uh, this morning, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. Great song. Let's lift it up to the Lord. If you have a decision, would you make it as we stand?